in today's podcast, I want to share a little bit about what has gone on with me, what's going on with this podcast, the work I'm doing, and um, just let you know what's coming up. So I'm really excited to be reinvigorating the podcast. And um, it's, it's sort of um, an emblem, I would say, of or emblematic of what's gone on with me over the past year or so with all of the changes with COVID. Now, I know a lot of you have experienced some pretty dr dramatic changes as well. And I know that many of us have had really tough years. And then there's a whole slew of other people who um, seem to have, have really taken the opportunity to transform in a way that is, has really helped up-level certain areas of their life that needed to change. So, and then of course, there's people that have a mix of all of that. So I wanted to share just a little bit about what happened with me. Many of you know me through Boston Men's Group or through Boston Businesswoman. Um, a couple of the businesses I've had in the past. Before that, I had a marketing company, Marketing Superheroes. And um, yeah, before that, I was at Naropa studying um, somatic psychology. And um, I went out there to do dance therapy and stuff. And I was, I was teaching yoga full time. So I've had quite a few different um, careers, you know. And if I look back, the main sort of underpinning or arc of it all would be, I was always really into healing. Um, and, um, you know, I've always personally been doing healing on myself. And then the other piece is definitely entrepreneurship in media. Like, you know, my marketing company was a blast. We started out doing video and I worked with a lot of healing arts companies and individuals, entrepreneurs who are looking to get their message out there. And, um, yeah, so I'm really excited because now I feel like it's sort of bringing together all of the gifts that I have into sort of one package and one offering. So I'm, I'm providing now healing and coaching. So I, I would call what I do like an in, integrative therapies. And I wanna share a little bit about what those are because I get asked all the time and the work I'm doing is fairly progressive. So I think it's probably gonna take a few times of me like explaining different aspects and I'm still learning a lot too. So there's that as well. Um, but the work I'm doing lends itself to um, sort of an openness that I think I have. And I've done so much work myself that, yeah, I'm ready to do this and I've been doing it and it's I'm having amazing results with people. It's you know, some, I can't guarantee that everyone that comes to me will experience um, miraculous transformation, but a lot of people who have come to me have. And um, where I think the, the main philosophy of the work that I do and um, what my philosophy that I had coming into this work was that we are designed to heal and we are designed to be able to sort of integrate everything that's happened to us. And as someone who's experienced trauma and, um, you know, sort of lived through it, I think I'm, I'm a pretty high functioning um, person who has anxiety and I was diagnosed with PTSD as well. And um, yeah, I think I'm pretty highly high functioning and I've I ha I've had to do a lot of work and I do a lot of different, different things to stay tuned and I'm definitely not perfect, but you know, I don't want to like, 
you, you can't be perfect because then you make other people feel bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to be like, let me, let me not be totally perfect so that everyone else can feel good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So I wanted to share a little bit. So yeah. So last year, some of you know this because I've been telling this story a bit now, but I have to tell this story because it was so profound. It was a profound shift in my world. So I was doing behavioral science and doing public talks in corporations, right? I would go in and use this behavioral science software, predictive index, and um, give talks and trainings and things like this. And I did some executive coaching, career development, things like this. And then I had the men's group where I was working on topics like um, inclusion and diversity, um, being an ally toward women, being a humble giant, which is still content that I have when I work with my coaching clients when they need that. So it's really fantastic that I have that um, to offer people, but there was no way I was gonna keep doing that. So I was bopping along, COVID hit, and I sort of was, I was stunned like, like all of us. And um, I kind of just, I just couldn't keep going. I wasn't interested any longer in doing corporate work in that way. And what I did was um, something sort of happened um, that just stopped me, stopped me in my tracks. Two people, two close family friends passed away just a couple of weeks um, between each other. And both of them had asked to see me numerous times. And one of them I had planned to see and was supposed to go to the hospital. Then COVID hit. I was like, let's do a video. They were like, the whole family's here today. Like we'll do the video tomorrow. But two days later, the woman passed. And then another um, family friend I knew since I was a little girl asked to see me a couple times. And I had an idea of what was going on and I just didn't feel as though I had adequate tools to help this person. I was like, okay, so, I mean, I'm like a yoga teacher and I do executive leadership work, career development and some emotional intelligence stuff. But I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna help this person. So I just sort of didn't meet them. And um, sure enough, they passed away. So I was floored, I was rocked to, to the core as you can imagine. And I just said, oh my goodness, this is it. Like I'm gonna, I have to learn a healing modality. So I had taken the first level access training of Body Talk back in 2009 in Denver. And um, yeah, so with Elsa, some of you might know Elsa from Colorado. She's, she's an outspoken, um, really brilliant woman who works in the community to help with healing. And I think she's had a couple different healing centers now and she's been all over the radio and she does really great work. So I think she lives off grid as well, like in Denver and stuff, really cool, cool healer. So anyways, I, um, yeah, I just took the next level training in body talk and I've been practicing it on other people, working with people right away. I didn't, I didn't hesitate. Like if people need help, I, I'm helping them. So a couple of the examples, um, someone came to me, he had lost a lot of weight and um, yeah, we stabilized him. We, they couldn't figure out what it was. I don't know if people with anger issues that just one session, and it went away amazing, amazing things uh, are happening in these sessions. And basically what happens with body talk is what we're able to do is create more communication within the bodies 
um, intuition. <laughs> so I'm using biofeedback, which if you know, if you know me or have hung out with me, like after high school, um, you'll know that I've been doing biofeedback and body talk. I, I'm sorry, um, biofeedback, kinesiology and body testing since I was like 18 or something. And so I'm pretty keen on that. Like that's something I just have in the bag. And so I'm using that to listen to your body's um, messages. And we go through a series of questions. I'm going through the questions. You're lying there receiving the work. And then I'm building a formula around what your body's next priority that it wants to work on is going to be. And it can be sometimes very abstract. It can be very biological. We go down to the nucleus within the cell. We're working with the physiology of the endocrine system. You can, it can, the body will say, nope, it's, um, it has to do with emotions. There is, um, you know, we want to sort of think about re-establishing re communication between the thyroid oriented to the emotion of anger at four o'clock in the afternoon, um, linking to the pancreas. I was just like, this really like stuff like this will come up and then we tap it out. I tap your head, your heart and your navel center. And it's understood now that um, the, once the brain is on board with healing, healing happens of its own accord. And what's really nifty about this work is that um, it's not coming from me as the facilitator. I'm not saying, I'm not diagnosing, oh, okay, you have this issue and I have this tool. So that no matter what it is that you're dealing with, you come in and I'm providing a tool, right? Like Reiki or hypnosis, which, you know, I, I like hypnosis a lot. I'm not, I don't know, Reiki, I'm a little, but this is different than Reiki. This is your, your body's own ability to heal itself. There is no channel that it comes through. So, you know, the, the propensity and the depth of the healer affects your ability to go. Same with body talk with knowledge, right? But the energy that your body has to heal, there's no bound on it in body talk. Whereas in Reiki, you can think of a channel like um, a television network or something. It comes through the antenna. And that Reiki practitioner may or may not be a clean channel. I don't know if you've ever had bad body work. I have, I will never have that again. <laughs> like I'm such, I'm so picky about who works on me and my energy. Um, this is different. This is your body's healing itself because it's seeing a line of communication that's been broken. In other words, something happens. You get in a car accident, your husband says something terrible to you, it really hurts you. Maybe your digestive system got bumped in that moment, okay? So the way you can think about the body's synchronicity of different things that are happening, right? It's a miracle what happens in the body in a given split second. All of the different chemicals that are being released, everything that's happening that's automatic without your knowing. So all of these different things, you can think of it as like an orchestra. And you walk in early to the opera or something, right? And they're practicing. They're not ready yet. It sounds chaotic. You've got strings, you've got percussion, you know, you've got the little, the violin is over here. She's doing her own thing. You're like, oh my God, this is chaos because everyone is moving on their own rhythm and they're not listening to one another. The body is the same way. Once we bring in this orchestrated, everyone's reading the same score of music, it becomes this beautiful presentation. And that is a balanced system. And I like to think of it all as mind, body, spirit, because we bring all of those components in.
And the underlying modality pulls from a very complex, um, we use EMDR, we use traditional Chinese medicine, the meridians. Um, it's not going to be as in depth as if you went to go see an acupuncturist. It is, it's more that we take the meridians and we just balance the body to them. Okay, and we bring the brain, the heart, and then the navel to integrate the information on board with what needs to, the communication that needs to be reestablished. And just one more thing on this, because I think it's so cool. So you, if you know anything about homeopathy, right? My mom was a, was a homeopath, or I guess she's probably still would consider herself a homeopath. But we grew up, like, you know, if anything was wrong, that's what we would take is, you know, we wouldn't go to the doctors, but take, you know, homeopathy or, or herbs and things like this, right? So, yeah, you can think about body talk as a homeopathic dose. So it's, it's very specific and it's very subtle. It's not you went to the chiropractor and got adjusted, which I do that. I do acupuncture. I do all of these things as well because I have a physical body that's like more dense as well as my subtle energy. But we're working at a subatomic level. And that might sound sort of foreign and abstract, like well, what does that mean, right? So homeopathy is at a molecular level. You have the smallest amount of a substance affects the entire system and it affects every single cell. And this is, this is proven time and time again. It's not um, you know, so, some abstract notion, it's very scientifically grounded. And so working at, at a level beneath that even is what body talk does. So it's a subatomic balancing of your energy. So your consciousness has the power to shift what's happening if it's done correctly. And so the body talk model just simply takes that and uses it by listening to what the body actually needs because the body will ask you for what it needs. And then boom, we bring it into awareness. I bring it into the awareness and then I tap it out on you. So I hope that explains it. I just did um, another video recently where I explained it from a different angle, but that's, that's kind of what goes on with that. And then, um, yeah, so then I'm, I'm also training at PSI, which is the Psychedelic Somatic Institute. And I wanna share a little bit about this because I want to sort of be preemptive and let you know what's, what's coming up as well. Cause this is, you know, this is very, it's very heavy duty stuff. Like, you know, the work I'm doing with pranic, I also um, do some pranic energy. Um, I practice a little shamanism, which I, I pepper that into the sessions. It's the same work that I received when, since I was, I don't know, six, seven years old. I, I was seeing um, a shaman that's no longer um, seeing clients in Boston, but I do the same thing that he did on me. It's just like, it was like, I had to do that. When I started doing this work, I'm like, I have to do this. This is, I know that this is how I start a session. Um, and then I'm working with a, another shaman now to um, learn some other stuff that well, I'll probably be delivering like next year. But I'm learning right now, sigh. So, excuse me. So the, the program is PSIP, which stands for psychedelic somatic interactional psychotherapy. So what we're doing is tracking the autonomic nervous system to release trauma. And the trauma can be anything like an event that is stuck with you and you can't shake. You're just like, oh, every time I think of this, 
I, I'm like, oh, it just upsets me and I can't stop thinking about it, right? This would be an event. It could also be more complex, like repeated um, abuse when you were a child. Um, this work is really fantastic for people that um, are coming back from war with, with PTSD, things like that. So how it works is that the, the autonomic nervous system has a natural mammalian response to stress. Every mammal has it. And what we're doing as humans is really metering how we behave, right? So it's called the default mode network. And what we do is we behave in a way that works with modern society, right? Um, but if we were to sort of break through that piece and that's where the psychedelics and the psychedelics we're using, I'm using cannabis, so it's not heavy duty. And yes, cannabis uh, can be a psychedelic. It's a very, very small dose. I do not provide the medicine. That is, you know, you get it on your own through um, your provider or, um, you know, wherever you get that. What's it called? The, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the name of the place. The dispensary, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't go very often to a dispensary. So, um, so basically what happens is we're going to slow down the default mode network where you're reasoning, you're deducing what to do, you're behaving like a, like a normal adult. And we're gonna go into what the more animalistic primary consciousness that um, stored and recorded all of that information. And a great example is a car accident because if you've been in a car accident, you know how everything slows down. Everything slows way down, right? You're like, oh my God, that 15 seconds was like, I felt like, you know, I saw every single thing happen, right? And that's when the nervous system takes over to save you, really. So the other example that you hear all the time in trauma work, it's almost, to me, it's becoming cliche. I'm like, oh my God, if anyone uses this example, one more time, I'm so bored of it, but I'm going to use it because I feel as though it's perhaps something that's not, you're not sick of it yet, right? I, I just know. Excuse me. So if you were out in the wild and um, a large predator, predatory animal came up and, um, you know, was hunting you and got you, right? There is um, different levels of, of stress that happen, right? You know, you, you might have seen the animal. You're like, okay, I'm on, I'm on high alert right now. Same as walking down um, a dark street at night. You're like, okay, high alert. You, you can hear everything. You're like, okay, there's a tiger in the grass over there, right? So then the tiger starts coming, coming at you, chasing you. Now you launch. You are in a higher stress state. You're running. You're moving. Okay, now there's an attack. So the person in that, you know, maybe there's somebody following you in, an, in a dark alley. Now they've accosted, they've hit you or they're, they're grabbing your pocketbook or the animal has actually latched onto you, God forbid. At that moment, you get an endogenous rush of opioids. Your body puts you into a dis disassociative state. So what that does for us is it, it protects us because you might be able to get away. There's still hope to get away. Um, so the work of Peter Levine and the body, the body keeps the score really talks about this as like, you know, you can, you can get up and you can shake. You see the animals do this, they shake. But prior to that, they look dead. And that is when this sort of coping mechanism takes over where you feel nothing. Now, how I see this in modern times is very different because I just had a traumatic experience last week. And within, within a, not even a minute, 
I was able to make the right decision, take the right action, get everyone where they needed to be. I took over. Like, I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. Later, I could not get the, what had happened, what I saw, the violence I saw out of my head. It would just come back up and I would be like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that happened. I'm obviously traumatized from this. But oddly, you know, when it happened, I didn't go into, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. What's going on? I went into, um, let's, let's make sure we take the right actions and do the right things and help other people become right. Which is, which is often what we do to cope. But the nervous system looks, the autonomic nervous system, when we, it's called selective inhibition. So what we're working with, and you can do this with no medicine, is we elongate and we sort of invite in the autonomic nervous system to reenact what happened. So it's, it doesn't, you know, it, it, it's not like a walk in the park. It's not, um, it's not talk therapy. Right. There's all this research, which I'll share some of it. Oh, I, I actually do. I have some of that right there. Um, the research is pretty astounding as far as the results of talk therapy with trauma. Basically, I'm not going to say it. You know what I'm going to say, right? The it's it's not the best way to rid your body of trauma, and trauma lives in the nervous system. And if you know this, so I'm a trauma survivor. I've done a lot of healing and I'm like, my nervous system, I knew it. I was like, my nervous system is the next piece of my healing. And sure enough, I ended up doing this work. So I go through the work myself. Um, and it is pretty destabilizing to sort of face what has, what has gone on. But the, the outcome at the end of this work is that you have your, your neutrality is more holistic. You, you actually, you get to a neutral state more often. Like today I was in the shower, my eyes were closed and the thing that my products are all on, I don't know what the heck you call it, it's sitting there with, with everything. Sometimes it, it just comes down and scares the living bejesus out of me. I'm like, ah, I didn't jump today. Like I was like, oh yeah, whatever that stupid thing. And I noticed after I was like, you know, that's, that's really cool. That usually scares the crap out of me when my eyes are closed, but didn't today. So my neutral is less reactive and it's only been three weeks I've been doing this work. So another outcome is like, if you have complex trauma or PTSD, you might see a psychotherapist for three to five years. The, and, and this is the type of thing that it, it's all very, um, there's, there's ranges because everyone is individual and their healing path is, is gonna be unique and different. But um, ideally this work is like 15 to 18 sessions if you have that level of depth of trauma. So it's a different type of work that you're not gonna see really anywhere else that, that um, we do. It's not like, um, it's not, um, transpersonal. You're not going into a heightened spiritual state where you're like, where you think of psychedelic work, where, you know, the John Hopkins um, and MAPS work, where you'll see a lot of this, like, um, you know, work that's kind of transcendent and you're, you're um, rising above everything. There is no rising above and you are, a, you are an animal. <laughs> you have biology, you have chemistry and you ain't getting away from it. Like you really need to integrate the trauma that you have. And um, yeah, this is definitely the most progressive stuff that I've seen. 
and um, I'm really excited to be delivering it, but I'm also very, um, I just feel really honored and cautious too, because it's, it's such sacred work. Everyone's trauma story is their most sacred, it is their most sacred thing. And we need to tread into this world very lightly and with a lot of care. You know, the other thing that, that we're, we're seeing, um, two, bit, two big shifts and then the rest of the stuff I'll save because like I could literally talk for four hours about this, um, is that we know that those who have experienced trauma have a higher likelihood of um, disease, which is just really wild. And, um, and then if you have any socioeconomic um, challenges, it's, it's even much worse, right? And that's within the ACE study that you can look up and, and read about. So, you know, for someone like me, like, you know, my dad died really young of cancer and he lived really hard. And I think that there was a lot of trauma that he, you know, that he never faced. And I'm just really excited to see if there's a way for me in my life to be able to not die at 62, you know, will I, you know, will I live to 100 because I'm doing this work or will I get some, you know, diagnosis and, oh, you know, so we'll see. And then the other thing you're going to keep hearing about and it keeps trending is that, you know, anxiety, depression, PTSD, they're now realizing these are not um, chemical imbalances. These are natural responses to trauma. So the path to heal them is, is very, um, I'm, not, I'm not against, um, you know, prescription medicine, especially if things are volatile. But the long-term use of, of pharmacopoeia, the pharmacopoeia of stuff, or I don't know, pharmacology, whatever it is, whatever you call it, you know, it's not, it, it's not getting to the root cause, right? It's the effect. And it's the exact opposite of um, going into it and curing it like homeopathy does, right? Where um, like cures like. So this follows directly in the line with like cures like, just like the body talk, where you're gonna go in and um, re your nervous system reenacts what happened and you clear the charge, right? So I'm sure like six months, a year from now, I'll be explaining this in a different way because I'll be in a different space with it. But I, I, and I hope I look back and I say, at least I correctly explained it. I hope. Okay. So I might, I might, it's very new for me, the language, but I believe that I understand it. So I'm, I'm feeling that I can be confident with you. And if you're interested in trying, I'm not, I, I'm not taking any clients for the next six weeks. So I'm on a wait list for that. If you're interested um, either in medicine or no medicine, and then I wanted to just read a little bit here. Okay. Okay, so the last 2015 meta-analysis conducted by the FDA looked at 23,000 patients in 92 different clinical trials on file. These findings are valid for antidepressants across the board. <sighs> SSRIs, oh, if I can say this, let's see. Tricyclics, 
how'd that go? SNRIs and other type of antidepressants such as NDRIs. The results apply also to other classes of, of drugs such as benzos um, that are used for depression. Meaning difference, patients chest, okay. So let's see, Zoloft and Paxil, Pfizer submitted the results, okay. Okay, of these successful trials, 80% of the effectiveness of Zoloft could be recreated with a sugar pill, which translates to just a six point difference between placebo and Zoloft on CAPS-2, a 360 point PTSD scale. Simply improving sleep will yield a larger drop in scores on that same test. Similar to Kirsch's findings with antidepressants, the researchers in the Zoloft PTSD trials found no difference between Zoloft and placebo when it came to the drug's effect on improving the depressive symptoms of PTSD. This research, however, does not mean these medications have no effect. It just means their intended influence is not due to their biochemistry or active ingredients, but rather to a placebo response, consciousness. In other words, the response that we see, I added consciousness too, I should quote that. Um, in other words, the response that we see with antidepressants is the same response we would see if these medications were simply sugar pills. However, these drugs do carry side effects that the sugar pills do not, weight gain, uh, sexual dysfunction, insomnia, diarrhea, nausea, on and on and on, just to name a few. Okay, so we're not saying don't take stuff when you need it. I would say if you need it, take it. But don't, you know, I'm not a doctor and I'm not giving you any, any information you actually can't get somewhere else, right? But the reality is who wants to stay on an antidepressant for six years, for 15? years like get to the root of the problem and find a solution right so okay so you get it you get it so the thing that I found really interesting was that um the people who did not take the drug for depression found their own coping mechanisms and through the course of the year recovered from the depression on their own versus the people that ended up staying on the, depress the depression meds ended up having more relapses in staying on the drug. So what happened ultimately is, or how I would deduce that study is that the, the use of, and the consistent use of the depression meds for a long period of time showed more indicators that the person then stays in a slightly depressive state. So they had more incidents of depression while on the medication versus the people that struggled through that three month time period, joined a, a club, you know, a fitness club, started doing Tai Chi in the mornings or joined a social club where you read books, you did something to change what's happening. That is also gonna change the chemistry in the body, right? And we know that, but sometimes we need help. We need some leverage. Um, was there one other thing? I'll just have to um, kind of bring this together again, because I wasn't planning on uh, sharing that. So, okay, awesome. So I think that's it. I mean, I don't know if I should tell you anything else. I'll just keep doing these podcasts and I hope you love them and tune in again and again. Thanks so much.
and please subscribe to the channel. And if you found this interesting or you think it'll help someone, please um, share it with them. And if you want more information on me, my work, my past, what um, has kind of led me here, you can check me out at meganmarini.com. And I'm offering a free 30 minute consultation if you want to ask me questions about what my um, what working with me is like. And I'll give you the, the quick rundown here as well. So um, I do just straight sessions. So if you want to do a body talk session, you can just come in and get a session. Um, I do them virtually and um, I have an office. And then if you want to do my coaching, which is called I'm a human coaching, I haven't formally launched it into the world. I'm probably going to launch it like in four or five weeks. That is I'm enrolling clients. I have clients for that. And that adds this other layer. So it adds the accountability. We're meeting um, bi-weekly, we're talking weekly, and we look at things like, I do a hair analysis, so we look at the biology, we'll be looking at your trauma, but also working with vision and where you wanna go, right? So this pulls from 20 years of me building businesses, like I started my yoga business 20 years ago. Um, so developing teams, if you have a team that always comes in, like who you're working with, how to motivate them, how to find the right talent, as well as leadership work. So if you're struggling with um, showing up as your best self, anger issues, I have a huge piece on habit change. So um, all of these pieces kind of come together into a year-long program where I work with a full transformation on what it is you want to change. So I don't work with everyone. And I work with high performers who have something that they're struggling with changing and they're ready to transform now. So I think that um, that has looked fairly different with every client I've worked on. You know, there's no consistent thread except those, those two things. They're, they're, high, they're typically high performers and they have something they're, they're struggling to change within themselves that um, a lot of them have never told anyone else or have never worked with anyone or they worked with their therapist for years and things have just plateaued. They're not seeing a change. There's no change in behavior. So that's what we wanna to get to. We know if we want things to change in the world, we have to change our behavior and finding someone who you can trust to help you build um, the life you want and see your blind spots is, is a really important piece because you do not have eyes all the right way around your head. You need someone to help you see your blind spots. We all do. And my belief is that we always need to be on a path of healing and transformation if we are to reach our highest, our highest self, whether that is in business, in life, in relationship. So yeah, <laughs> I'd love to hear from you now. I feel like I've been talking for a while. All right, much love you guys.